everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm here with Abdullah. Thanks for coming on. Of course, anytime. Happy to be here. Um, so we we went to university together. Uh, you're a few years younger than me, and we were both like very involved in engineering society and that kind of stuff. Um, but I am interested. I did find it. You were one of three people that I knew of in Enchsock at the times, various times that didn't drink or, or smoke or anything like that. Mm. And that was just like... At the time, it was bizarre and absurd to me. Now, I, I don't, I'm just impressed, to be honest, because, you know, I, I don't drink or smoke anymore. Um, and it, I mean, it's a struggle. It would have been such a struggle for me then, like looking back. So I'd love to hear, one, how you managed, and two, what was that like? <laughs> like knowing the events we went to and stuff, uh, like, yeah what like so it's actually it's it's kind of interesting uh i guess uh background wise uh a lot of my i i'd seen a lot of people in my life go through a lot of those kinds of struggles and so for me i'm just like i never felt like i i needed it and that was kind of like the mentality i went into university with plus also from like a religious perspective it's like yeah that's not something that we do so i'm like okay yeah. cool let's see how it goes i know i remember in high school a lot of people were just like yeah good luck trying to keep that up in university i'm like yeah. oh i guess i'll have to see how it goes um, and then when I started Frosh Week, I just saw how like excited everybody was. And I met a lot of the upper years and everyone seemed very friendly. And I was like, oh man, I just want to be very social with everybody. Yeah. And the interesting thing is like, you'll see in movies, it's like, oh, you go to your first party and then, oh, somebody gives you a drink. It's like, you feel kind of pressure to do. It, and so yeah. that like stuff happens in my case. I've never felt like I've been pressured to do anything. Like I, really? I like I just be in a big environment with a lot of people drinking. Yeah. And not like if I just tell somebody, oh, I'm sorry, I don't drink. Everyone was super respectful of that. Not a single person tried. No one made fun of me for it. No one tried to really? like push it on me. Everyone was like, oh, that's cool, man. And, like some people would be like, I have respect for that. I wish I could have your sort of discipline. But it's like yeah. I never saw it as a discipline thing. I'm just like. I found that I'm able to socialize and have fun without the need for it. And when those around me have had a bit to drink, they're a lot more social. So it just makes it more fun for me. So it's yeah. like, I never really had any sort of struggle with it. Like, that... ha have I been a bit curious? Sure. But it's like, I just find that because of how accepting everybody was and how overall social people became when they drank, I just had a really good time going to those sorts of events because yeah. I just had fun more than anything. That really surprises me because... I definitely felt like engineering had a lot of peer pressure in it. And when when I was starting, and, and I do think there was a big shift in like the culture uh, like during my time there, but I definitely don't feel like that was the case when I was in first year. Like it felt like there was often people like trying to get people to drink. And, and it is a balance of your convictions versus theirs, right? And if you just know you're not going to, eventually they give up. But it was definitely not a first time thing like um, I have one friend in particular who's a few years older than me and I think consistently people were trying to get him to drink and kudos to him as well and to you <laughs> for for not but it seemed yeah like I mean that just surprises me because I, I, I the picture I have is it was very much um, drinking oriented and and lots of peer pressure and like songs and that kind of stuff and at like these conferences we'd go to too um, I think it was worse for some other universities, like, and that, so I, I often felt the most pressure at conferences. Yeah, again, it's it's funny. It's just again, maybe when I like by the time I started university, there was a bit of a changing of the guard and a bit more of a focus on inclusivity and all mm -hmm. of that. So when I'm again, I've never had the issue. It's like sure, have have I've sometimes been made to feel a little excluded, like oh, since I'm not drinking, like. Or, or, oh, people are sharing a picture, so I just move to the end of the table so that the people sharing a picture can sit together. But yeah. that's really the extent of, like, exclusivity that I felt. It yeah. just, it made sense, like, logistically. It just, it felt kind of off for me to have to move. But yeah. that was, like, really the extent of it. Um, Dude, what, what was it like? Because, you know, now that I don't drink and, you know, a lot of my friends still do, right? Like, the, mm -hmm. the, a lot of the friendships I built were around that as well. To me, it just kind of I don't I don't enjoy hanging out with them as much necessarily because especially if they're getting the level of drunk that we used to in university, we being like the group, not mm -hmm. you and I. But um, 
Like I'm just, I'm just there watching them drink, right? Especially if it's one of these types of things where it's not like we're hanging out and they're getting sloshed. It's like we're there to get sloshed, drinking <laughs> games, like that kind of stuff. And to me, like, I don't know, I have a hard, I have a hard time enjoying that. So I really couldn't imagine doing it for years. I guess it's just based on what that friendship was built off of. And in your case, a lot of your friend, your friendship with those people might have been because you saw them the most when you went out drinking or you yeah. like a lot of it was based on, oh, if we're going to be hanging out, we're going to be drinking. So now that that's not happening, it just it feels like something's missing or something's out of place. potentially. Yeah. In my case, that hasn't like I've never I've never that's made a group of people. That's not the base of anything. Exactly. Like yeah. that's why to to an extent, one struggle that I did have isn't necessarily peer pressure or um, like being curious or feeling left out. It's the feeling of not necessarily being able to relate to people. Yeah. And with that, it's like, oh. I can I can be sitting in an atmosphere where someone would be talking about different types of alcohol, or like like someone's talking about an IPA, someone's talking about a stout. I don't really know what any of that yeah, means. Yeah. So it's like a lot of times I'd be like, well, okay, this is kind of weird. But no, again, none of my relationships were based on anything in particular. All of my relationships, if anything, were based on being involved in the engineering society. And since I graduated, a lot of the people that I used to hang out with, I don't really talk to that much anymore because I'm not involved. So yeah. it's like there's not much of a basis. So in a similar yeah. similar thing, it's like you don't drink anymore. So it's not as easy to be around those people when that's the main thing that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Versus like you and I, obviously, we've known each other for a long time. We've never like we've been friends. We've We've talked. We've never been like super close, but that's just yeah. because of age range different friend groups and all that but with that it's like you never had one specific thing associated with me so you it's not difficult for us to talk because we can just talk about anything because we're very i guess like we have an open friendship as opposed to oh we only do this one thing together yeah that's fair that's fair do you remember i do you remember the first time we like kind of hung out and and let's call it bonded at all (laughs) Like, I, I remember the first interaction I ever had with you, it was during orientation week. You were okay. the Inchstock president at the time, and you are the one that kind of got me, in, like, involved in everything, because you just told me all about it. I'm like, this oh, seems okay. super cool, because yeah, yeah. student government for me sounded stupid before coming yeah. to university, and then that's all I did for five years, yeah. so. That's, I was super into it coming in, that's all I did for five years, and coming out, I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> so I had the opposite, <laughs> the opposite reaction, maybe. That's, that's amazing. That's funny. But do you remember our first time? Well, the first time I remember like like bonding with you, it was actually um, after an NSOC meeting and we were like shit-talking someone else. And at the time, <laughs> that was kind of like my... I, I was just like, did that a lot, unfortunately. Um, and then I, I didn't expect it from you and I was like, oh, I could like this guy. <laughs> I don't remember that, yeah. but that's, that's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, we won't bring in any specifics, but yeah. No, fair enough, fair um, enough. So I am interested because, you know, I had, I had, to be honest, some issues with your enthusiasm, especially as a, <laughs> you know, and, and the, the thing is when I was in second, first and second year, I was over the top, right? And super into everything. And so I think, I think I kind of, you know, I disliked that you were that as well, right? Like, uh, and so, and, and you were that, but in a, it seemed like in a more pure way, I guess, right? <laughs> and so I, I, I didn't like that aspect, but I'm interested to know, how did you keep your joy? Because <laughs> by the time I graduated, I was like, oh my God, I was just so done with all of it. So I, I guess it was... It does partly have to do with the reasons we came into these sorts of things. So for yeah. me, the main reason I got involved to begin with was purely because of the people more than yeah. anything. Like I came into it and I was like, oh, I've met so many cool people. All of them are involved in this one thing. I kind of want to be involved now. And the more yeah. I got involved, the more I got closer to those people and the more I found my sense of belonging. And so okay. that's kind of what pro- like it projected the rest of my undergrad where it's like throughout these five years, I was involved in this one thing because this is where I felt more at home and so I was always enthusiastic because I'm like if I felt comfortable with this I kind of want other people to as well so I was hoping my enthusiasm would be contagious and hopefully I could get more people involved in it but obviously by the time I hit fourth year I was jaded I was tired I was done I was still enthusiastic but there were the younger years that were like I want to do all of these things I was like you 
do that. I'm going yeah. I'm to I'm be over here trying to take a nap. So it's like yeah, it's one of those yeah. things. Um, so I can understand from your perspective how there's this, there's this younger year who's very excited and really wants to do things, but I'm just done and don't really want to. Yeah. So I, I can very vividly, <laughs> one of my good friends, uh, like I think he'll remember this too, but I can very vividly, I was in second year and I was going to a party with a, a third year and a fourth year. And the fourth year was telling me that you know, by the time I'm, I get to his age, two years, three years old or whatever, I'll be jaded. And, and I was yelling, no, no way. Like over the top, like you're wrong, man. I mean, I'm pure. I'm going to be this forever. And it was just like, and oh, then, whoa. yeah, I think it's interesting. Like, I don't know how different two or three years can make and like why. I mean, I have some some fundamental premises about why that kind of happens in some organizations and doesn't in others. But I don't really want to spend all this time <laughs> talking. We can, we can go for hours talking on that. about that. Um, but so what I, I'm interested to know, kind of like if you had to pick, because I struggled a lot with, you know, my whole identity had kind of been built around my accomplishments in, as a student leader. Um, and I really struggled when I graduated not having that. Um, mm -hmm. Did you have, like, because that, that was my, what my identity was kind of built around. Um, and I had a second point that was the main point, but I don't remember. So <laughs> did you have similar, like, a similar experience? I guess you're recently graduated. Um, I definitely did have a, it was a very big struggle for me to graduate, especially because I was involved at my highest level in my last term. So yeah. it was very much just a giant shift where I went from, never having any time to myself to having way too much time for myself yeah. and yeah. it would have been very easy to it was a slippery slope it was just very easy to just go into a dark place where I'm like I have no purpose and that was just like yeah. a big thing that I struggled with and again thankfully I had a support system to help me through that but yeah it, it was tough especially because that's all I knew that's all I did that's really all that most people knew me as it's like oh yeah. I'm the end sock guy I was very yeah. involved and so not having that was hard and having to look back and see or like not even look back like see what the younger years are that i kind of helped groom like then to help take the position to see what they're doing and not necessarily agreeing with everything they're doing and i was like it, i i have no reason to be upset but because of how invested i was in something i'm just like oh, i wouldn't have done it differently but yeah so it's it's definitely hard especially because that was my entire life for yeah. five years so that's that's struggling like gra graduating is good and bad like it's good because yeah i'm starting a new chapter in my life i'm ready to move on university yeah. was what it was and all that but at the same time how does one make friends in the real world that's just like yeah. still a foreign concept to me because i am a recent grad and all my friends are still undergrads so yeah and and um, that's that's definitely like a struggle that i think many people have and i was actually just talking the other day with a someone who who's a practicing christian and he said university was just kind of something he entered into and left right? It wasn't his community. Mm -hmm. He had his, his church-based community and that's still there. And I feel like for a lot of people, like university is their community. And then, you know, now, now I'm <clears throat> floundering now. now and, mm -hmm. and so part of what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, I, I figured out the things that I value and I'm just trying to find other people and I'm using this as a mechanism mm -hmm. as well, right? You know, if someone's willing to come and talk to me once a month, we'll eventually be friends right like <laughs> eventually like it's it's a I, i'm coercing people to being my friends right but you gotta there's no harm in, in going and asking as well right exactly um, and, and it, is, it is one of those things where after, like things aren't as readily available as they are in yeah. university in university you have hundreds upon hundreds of clubs that you can involved in you'll find something and you'll you find can, there's just people all the time there's new people all the time like yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, you'll always find at least one other person that shares an interest that you have. And so yeah. with that, um, but one thing that I did notice now is that a lot of the people that I was close to, that I was friends with throughout university, I, if I talk to every so often, like I don't talk yeah. to them anywhere near as much, but I do have that core friend group that I spend, like I talk to on a daily basis and I see them almost on a daily basis as well. Like those, that sort of friend group, I feel like that's going to last. But yeah. a lot of my university relationships, I realize, are just all acquaintances more than anything. Yeah, they're, Which, they're friends of convenience, right? It's mm -hmm. kind of that type thing. Exactly. And so with that, like, yeah, university, it's all like, oh, you could be very social in university and have a lot of friends. But then you graduate and 
don't really have anything to do. Like I've noticed in, in 2018 when I graduated, I saw over 175 movies just because I graduated and I'm like, all my friends are still in school and busy or have moved somewhere else and have yeah. started working. So it's like I found that the level of social life that I had just diminished drastically the second I left I left university. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's such a stark <clears throat> contrast. Right. And and I feel my experience when I was living in Toronto was like the seemingly the only way to have that level of social interaction still is like the drinking scene is mm -hmm. going to bars and clubs. Like that's the only places that there's consistently people if I were to try and maintain that level. Whereas here there was just events. Right. There was people doing things and like. I mean, it's it's just a lot harder to find that. I mean, in Toronto, I'm sure at any given point, there's two dozen things happening. But it's like, how do you find it? How do you meet people? And and, and people are, are definitely less open, I, I, I'd say, uh, to meeting and, and to those experiences. Of course. Um, but I guess to contrast that a little bit, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, how when people have, have had, had a couple of drinks, they're a lot more social. That's why places like bars and clubs are places to meet people because people kind of go there with the mindset of, I'm going to be drinking, I'm probably going to be talking a lot, so I'm just going to be able to meet more people. And I know so many people have met, uh, have made friends and have made really, like, have found their significant other at those types of places. But it's like, it's not the easiest if you don't drink, but at the same yeah. time, it's, you do have to sometimes go outside of your comfort level to make those, to reach out to people, especially in the real world, outside of university, the yeah, university yeah. bubble. So, Yeah, definitely. One thing I, I, I remembered what I wanted to mention mm -hmm. earlier that I don't know if I've told you this before, but you might find it funny. Um, so I was kind of fully jaded by the time I hit my sixth year, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and But I still wanted to be involved because it was like, I wanted to be involved in some sense, right? And so I wanted to, I was trying to be chair of CFES, and I, I needed to, like, I, I knew I'd be a good chair because I didn't care at all, right? And so, like, I didn't, people, people were worried because I had always been so adamant in my positions that they were worried I'd try and influence. And so I was talking to the person who was president at the time, trying to convince them that I'd be good while, like, because I was trying to convince them I'd be good because I didn't give a shit. But if I just told them explicitly I didn't give a shit, then, like, why would they hire me, right? Yeah. So it was like this awkward balance, um, which I don't know. I guess it's not funny, but I found it funny. <laughs> no, no, I that, found that it, is funny. I found it funny at the time, and he knows now. We're, we're good friends now. But it's just, you know, I, one thing I've, I'm struggling with is coming back to Waterloo, working on campus, right? There's this idea for me of, like, people think I just couldn't let go, right? Like, I'm still obsessed with this stuff, and that's why I'm here. And I'm, I'm it's not quite that, like... I'm trying to get over that fact that people view it in that lens. Um, but for me, it was like, I'm looking for a part-time job. I couldn't think of a better boss than the lady who runs Engstog. <laughs> and, and I couldn't think of better hours, right? Like, it's what other part-time job do I not have to work nights or weekends, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's pretty ideal. But I have struggled being back in the environment that I was something else, right? Like I was, cause it wasn't just me being over the top loving Enshock and that stuff. I was, I was many other things that I'm not particularly mm -hmm. pleased with. And, and so it's like, why, why did I put myself back in that environment as well? But you know, I'm here now, so. <laughs> and how has it been? I really don't know. It's been all <laughs> over the place, man. Like it's definitely weird for me to be in the Enshock office and here, like, um, and here, like what's going on, like, cause I work two shifts a week mm -hmm. there. I much prefer, I think being in the coffee and donut shop, but, uh, for two of my days I'm doing full days and it's just like, I like having a change of scenery. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it's, it's very surreal. I don't really enjoy being in CPH and stuff. Like it, it feels like I'm stuck in a rerun or something. Like it, it's, it's quite bizarre. One one thing that I did feel was interesting after I graduated, I went on my road trip and all that, and then I came yeah, back. Yeah. It's campus is so familiar to me because I just I spent my entire life in CPH throughout yeah. my last couple of years. But it was weird to have been in CPH after I graduated because it's like this has been my home for so long, but I feel out of place. Yeah, like I just I feel like I don't belong here despite yeah. how much time I've spent in this place, yeah. and so that was tough. When I I I basically did exactly what you're doing now a couple yeah. months ago because I graduated and I couldn't find a job to save my life so yeah. Mary Blend was fantastic and she just hired me for a couple of months yeah and uh, 
I the, it was a fall it was a fall term, and so there was a whole crop of first years who had no idea who I was yeah. versus almost everybody else that was coming into the C and D on a daily basis. Yeah. So it was interesting, but I did also get a lot of those. What are you doing here? And my immediate response was something sarcastic, like "Nice to see you too." Yeah. And so yeah. it was uh, it was it was a very interesting and very awkward transitional period for me. Yeah. But it, where it was like this is the only thing I really know. Like, this is where I'm, fam like, familiar with, and this is what I know, mm -hmm. like, in its entirety. But I also feel like I don't belong here, so I, I can yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm, I'm still, unfortunately, a bit <laughs> infamous, right? Like, the name, people are like, oh, you're Birnbaum? And I'm like, uh, yeah, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I am, right? And it's like, I, it's a tough balance because I, I don't want to, I know the implications that are associated with that, right? I know... I'm not, I, I, despite what people thought, I wasn't oblivious to it. And I did struggle. Like I was, I was struggling with myself super hard, but like the average person on campus who has this view of me, they don't see what I post. They don't see what I'm uh, that, like, I've been struggling or that kind of thing. They, they don't just, see who you are now. Yeah. Or, or even like, they don't, they don't know who I was then, who I actually mm -hmm. was. Right. Like, and, and some people did at the time and that's the only reason i made it through is because i some people saw who i was right mm -hmm. um but so it's like it's it's an awkward balance it's very weird balance to kind of not put myself down um but but know what they mean by that right and and, and so and it's like i i don't know how to respond i'm hoping that that doesn't happen anymore and the, and the, the handful of people who've heard of me I don't have to meet any new ones <laughs> that go, oh, you're a burn bomb. But it, it is the first time it happened when I was back on, not this time, but like a few months ago, it did like spiral me out of control for a couple of days because I felt like I, uh, they said something about being the next burn bomb or something. And I, I like self-degraded because that's like what it's like you play into the hand, right? Like, mm -hmm. and so it was kind of like what was expected. And then there, there was a professor who had to, um, who had to kind of reassure me that I had done good as NSOC president as well. And it's like, it was just such, it's, and it's like, I don't, that's why it's kind of like a struggle, I guess, because my brain is just trying to do all of this stuff at once. But it, it still seems like, ultimately, I think it feels kind of like, um, I'm someone who just dives in and it's like, okay, I, if I'm going to be this new person and I really want to, test myself and make sure I'm sustainably this person, let's just do it. <laughs> like, go back into, I, I, like, I said this in one of my poems, and then also, by coincidence, my psychiatrist used the same term. It's like going back into the lion's den, right? Like, if I need to test that I can be my real self, I need to test it there, because that's like, it's like uh, ground zero for how I was, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just, uh, just, yeah, I don't know. I just went off on a little rant there. No, but, that's okay. Uh, see, yeah. like the see the issue with um, the like the engineering study and what we were involved with is a lot of people, almost everybody cannot like they can't distinguish between like personal and professional. It's like you could yeah. be one way in wanting to like you could be a politician for the lack of a better word, wanting to improve things, but that's not who you are as a person. That's just like you wanting yeah. to do what you think is best and sometimes like yeah sometimes that does involve stepping on other people's toes but that's yeah. just like the nature of the game if you want to actually make change you have to put yeah. yourself out there but then people think that that's who you are and that's yeah. that again that's why it you end up having a lot of shallow friendships or a lot of acquaintances yeah. or like you said uh friendship by convenience yeah or, yeah because it's, it's like you just are in an atmosphere you're doing all this and people just know who you are at, in your role as opposed to who you are as a person. Yeah, and and I mean, I think, I honestly think that my experience in student politics is hugely beneficial for my future because it, it really, it mirrors real politics quite well and, and famousness quite well because it's like the more people that knew me and, and treated me how they thought I should act, that's how I would act, right? Like I would play into their if 10 people are treating you a certain way, it's much easier to just kind of play into it than, mm -hmm. to, than to try and stand as something else. And, and unfortunately, I wasn't strong enough mm -hmm. to, to stand for something else. Um, but yeah, it, it, is, it does kind of create that, that shallower type thing. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I, I forget, 
it's like you know when when you don't have all of these events that you're and you're not part of a group that goes to all of these events together you don't get as many of those like friends of convenience but you also no longer have to hang out with people you don't like right mm -hmm. it's the it's only when you're in like a group like that like oh i know every other friday i'm going to go on a pub crawl and i'm going to see these same 20 people that i they don't really like me. I don't really like them. And maybe you didn't have this experience uh, particularly. But, Depends. <laughs> but like you, it's like this idea of there's some people that you just have to see all the time if you're doing your thing because their thing just directly intersects with that. No, it's like it's interesting because so ever since I grew, convocated, I hadn't been to a single pub crawl ex until this past Friday yeah. just because a friend of mine was like, you should go. And I'm like, I'll only go if you're actually inviting me and wanting to spend time with me. Because like I told myself, I, I won't just go and be there. But if yeah. somebody asks me to come, I'll go and spend time with them because mm. I don't get that much social interaction these days. Yeah, and so yeah. I went and there were so many people that were so excited to see me. But at the same time, I'm like, I haven't talked to you in months. If you really wanted to be like, if you yeah, wanted to interact yeah. with me, you would have interacted with me yeah. in the past six months. But then I also had somebody... It is nice that they were excited to see you. Yeah, That's yeah. still a good thing. <laughs> it, it, would... it, it's good, but it's also yeah. like, oh, dude, it's good to see you. And then did not talk to me for the rest of yeah. the evening. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, that was And that's just... Nice. The, like, <laughs> that's how people are, right? And that's yeah. just how people are. But then... And it's also like another thing to kind of contrast what you're saying, but also in a similar way. Somebody came up to me and they was like, are you Abdullah? And I'm like, yes they're like oh i've heard so much about you and i'm like i have no idea who you are but yeah. nice to meet you like yeah. it's just like like th that happens um yeah. and it's just like you said infamous famous whatever term you want to use yeah. it's just like the name is there yeah and it, it's it's a very like it's a quite bizarre feeling because it's really the feeling of fame and it's like on such a it's a microcosm mm -hmm. but it's just like a lot of people never experience that and it it I mean, it fucks with fuck. It messed. It messed with my head, right? And like, it's just so bizarre because a lot of people, like, very few people can relate to that, even on a microcosm. It's mm -hmm. not like we're talking world famous or nationally yeah. famous, but it, it's something about like people have having heard of you before they meet you, uh, and it's weird. Yeah. So like, it, it it's actually quite interesting to talk to someone else who has this idea of like this fame, right? Because I've I've I mean, people will think I'm full of myself to call myself famous, but it was. And like, I had, a, a, I didn't have the best reputation, to be honest, right? Um, and I had it nationally, right? Like people knew me all over CFES and like I'd meet people from complete other parts of the country who have heard of me and have already made conclusions about the type of person I was. And that made it, one, very difficult to change, but it's just such a surreal experience like it's i like it's so weird it's like i have something that's kind of similar again i don't mean to brag at all but yeah, uh, yeah. when i um after i graduated i, met, I went on my road trip visiting yeah yeah every... and i want i definitely want to hear about this yeah so i guess for those who don't know i visited every engineering school in canada yeah. as a part of my trip and i was just walking down downtown montreal and all and i was in my coveralls because i was just like the whole point of my trip and all of a sudden somebody takes a picture of me and posts it on facebook he's like hey i saw you i'm like who are you like yeah, yeah and then i was i was in thunder bay of all places and somebody was like oh are you the guy going across canada i'm like yes that's like cool. like that, yeah, that's yeah. that's me but it was just like it was the weirdest thing but yeah. um it was just yeah it was a very surreal feeling it's like oh i'm literally in uncharted territories i've never been here before and yet people know who i am like yeah um, sure, I have been involved on a national level, not as much as you were, but it's yeah. like, sure, I, people know me, but it was just yeah. insane how I could be in the randomest of places and people know who I am. Yeah. I was like, what? Like, yeah. And I mean, it, make, it makes me understand how celebrity messes with people's heads, mm -hmm. right? Like, as much as I tried to not care, like, I mean, at some points it was like, it made you feel it made me feel pretty powerful that like i could go somewhere and people would know who i was even if it wasn't good right like the fact that like i i could control a conversation or or, or people would have heard of me that means people that were talking about me without me being there like it's really bizarre yeah it's like it's interesting because like right now you and i are having like a very open conversation i'm very comfortable talking but yeah um, when we were both undergrads, I, to be completely honest, I was intimidated just because of, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, when I was in 1A, you were NSOC president, and that's yeah. kind of like where I was hoping to be at one point, so yeah. I was always a bit worried, and so it's like, I I can also relate to that, because there yeah. are people that, when I was in, when I was in Upper Europe, 
first years who would just be scared to talk to me or yeah. just people in general not know what to say because it's like oh i i don't know yeah. him that well i know who he is i just don't know him so it's yeah like, it's just... i i was kind of the opposite like i've since i was a kid i've felt i knew as good as anyone else so like when i came because <laughs> University, it's like this interesting micro, it's an interesting microcosm in so many ways, but like first years feel like kids, right? Like, and when you look, when I'm a first year looking at the old upper years, I feel like young. And then three years later, you feel like, oh yeah, like I'm the guy with the knowledge and stuff. Like it's, it's so, and it's in such a short time period. But for me, like I kind of, in first year, I started to get involved and people were already being like, who's this guy who thinks he knows everything, right? But I was like, well, like, why not push my opinions and stuff? So I, I had a, this, yeah, I didn't quite have that experience, but I, I, I think it's a problem that, that there, there are, I mean, when I was the upper year, I definitely was more dismissive of the younger <laughs> years, right? And, and I think it is a problem and it, and it prevents kind of the, the open communication and that kind of stuff yeah like <laughs> this is a funny story i do remember at one point where like i was a commissioner and you were a director under me and every time i would message you about something I'd say, hey david have you done this and you just completely ignore me oh sorry like, no that's fine yeah. but it's like it's like i look i can look back on it now and it's like i get why yeah and it's like but why though <laughs> yeah but it's yeah. like stuff like that where it's it's just it, it is a very interesting dynamic because like even just like between like a person in 1A and a person in 2A, they're a year apart. In some cases, like I was older than older than some of the second years, but just experience wise, they just felt yeah. like like decades older than because like they've been here for a while, they know what they're doing. Yeah. And it's like you always look at the upper years, it's like oh they have their shit together, and then you're in the upper years, no. like I ha- I don't yeah. do I have class today like what yeah <laughs> yeah it's interesting. Yeah. So tell me tell me more about your road trip. So basically you you visited every single what led to it and and how was it so it's it's interesting so what led to it is i went to cfes congress yeah so, yeah in uh last january and in that case i like at that specific conference there are a was lot of people one in london this was the one in halifax okay. london was 2017 yeah. halifax was 2018 okay. and um so I had, there was a lot of people that I had met before that I'm meeting again. And I was like, Oh, it's great to see you. But there are also so many people that I met for the first time and they were like great people. And so by the end of that conference, it was going to be my last conference, like as a delegate in my undergrad. And so I'm like, Oh man, there are so many great people I met here. I'm never going to get to see them again because they're all across Canada. So I was just kind of like joking around with a bunch of people. I'm like, I'll just, I'll come visit you. And then I came back to Waterloo and in my mind, I'm like, I always wanted to go on a grad trip. Like I've always wanted to go somewhere and like a bunch of my friends are going to Europe, some are going to Africa, some are going to Asia, like all over the place. And in my mind, I just started thinking, it's like, I haven't really seen much of Canada and there's just so much to see. Yeah. And I also love driving and I've been so involved in my engineering culture. So why? And so it's just like the way I thought about it is if I loved my like my school and my engineering culture, I kind of want to see what the engineering culture is like everywhere else. And yeah. I actually started, I took me like three or four months of logistical planning, but I actually it's it was feasible and i was like interesting there are only three schools that i missed in all of canada and they were three of the so the university of quebec has 11 schools yeah yeah. six of them have engineering i went to three of the six because the other three were way too far they're like tiny little schools really far in the exactly yeah yeah yeah, exactly they were like nine hours apart and they would have added like three to four days to my road trip they're in the part of quebec where i don't know a single person and i can't speak french so I was a little discouraged to go to those, but yeah. I went to 47 schools overall over yeah. 43 days. And so I felt like that was pretty insane. Yeah. And so I, I planned it out. I created a complete schedule. Um, I took an idea from the University of Saskatchewan. And I actually made patches for my road trip. Yeah. And it was like anybody along the way that gave me a place to stay, gave me food, hung out with me, gave me a tour, whatever it was, that was my way to show them gratitude yeah, yeah, and nice. it was like it wasn't too big of an expense but it definitely meant a lot to the to everybody else yeah yeah cool, cool thing because patch culture is huge within engineering yeah. as you know yeah um and so i i planned it all i messaged people while in advance letting them know which days i'll be there yeah. and i had a friend of mine join me for the first two weeks and then i had my friend vanessa Raponi come with me all the way on the drive back yeah. and so it was good because i had over six weeks i had three weeks with somebody with me in the car and then three weeks on my own and those okay, three yeah. weeks on my own were fantastic for reflection after such an like after being involved for so long and after yeah. be going through my engineering degree never really having a break over span of five years yeah it was very nice just to have like 12 hours straight of driving whereas i reflect listen to a podcast listen to some music and yeah. even just like visiting the places 
were fantastic. And when I got to each place, I either had somebody show me around or I just flat out just went and toured every university. I didn't just like go there and be like, ha, huh, I made it and then did other stuff. No, yeah. like that was my day, like day to day. It's like I go see the university, go explore every aspect of it, especially like the engineering part and then explore the city. So I yeah. more or less explored every major city in Canada over that time. Um, and it was interesting because out of Isn't the... Isn't that exhausting? Wasn't that oh, it was, it's, exhausting? I was just excited. So not really. It's like, wow. I, and like I'm, I was up every day for like 8.30 on, like, on the road for nine every day, yeah. except for on the drive back. And I'll, I'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. But um, it was interesting because out of the 43 days, 42 of those days, I had a bed or a couch to sleep on anywhere in Canada. And that was insane. The one, cool. the one place I didn't have a place to stay was in Quebec City. But even then, I had a friend who had a really small apartment that I, that she didn't have any space for us. But she had a parking spot. So I just parked my car and I slept in my car. Yeah, yeah. And like I have a hatchback. So like the back seats went flat with the trunk. I had a really yeah. comfortable sleeping bag. And I slept like a baby. So yeah, yeah. honestly, not a bad deal. I managed to go all across Canada and pay a dime for accommodation. That's pretty um, good, yeah. And yeah, it's like I stayed with friends, friends of friends, friends' parents, friends' grandparents. Yeah. An interesting experience I'll tell you about was when I was in Winnipeg. So yeah. I, I don't really know anybody in Manitoba. And yeah. so when I got there, I asked a friend who asked a friend who asked a friend who had a place that I could stay. And I, the guy's not in engineering, doesn't know anything about my trip. He just knows somebody's coming and needs a place to stay. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I got to his house and he wasn't actually home. So I texted him and he's like, oh, I left the key for you under the mat go in help yourself to anything in the fridge or rooms downstairs and i'm like you're letting a complete stranger into yeah. your house and this like it sounds sketchier than it actually was it's just yeah it was very nice but and, it's like canadian he has a friend who's vouching this is a good guy yeah, right exactly like, it's just some nice hospitality I yeah guess. and then, but and then i wouldn't do that probably but <laughs> no but like maybe and, and then the funniest yeah. thing is like i went downstairs i had my own room my own bathroom i was like this is fantastic yeah, this yeah. guy's so nice I fell asleep before he got home and woke up after he left, so I never actually never met the met guy. Him. So That's it's like funny. it's like stuff like that. It's like it's surreal. And again, yeah. sounds sketchier than it actually was, but it's just the guy was just so nice and stuff like that was just like yeah. interesting things. Um, That's cool. Yeah. On my way back, we actually I actually drove back from BC to southern Ontario in three days. I did Revelstoke, BC to Regina, Saskatchewan, in in twelve hour and yeah, twelve hours, and then Saskatchewan, uh, then Regina to Thunder Bay in 14 hours, and then Thunder Bay to Hamilton in 16 and a half. So it was like nonstop pedal to the metal, just those three yeah. days were just like, let's just get to where we need to. Yeah. But the fun story is when I was in Thunder Bay, we actually stayed with Lakehead's Dean of Engineering. Really? Yeah. That is, wow. Su super nice guy. Like we got to his house at midnight yeah. and he made us dinner. Like, and then um, he... Uh, How did that come about? How did like so, you um, get connected? So my him? friend Vanessa, she... Um, she was the founder of Engineers, and so she got to go to a lot of different conferences. And one of them was a conference with all of the deans of deans of engineering in Ontario. Yeah, uh, I think it was Code. Uh, yeah. yeah, something like that. Um, and so she was telling somebody, is it like she was just sharing with the table who were all deans of engineering about yeah. the road trip? And then he was like, uh, the the Lakehead's dean of engineering. He was like, oh, if you ever need, if you're ever in Thunder Bay and need a place to stay, let me know. And so she told me about that. I'm like, that would be really cool. Let's yeah, give it a yeah. shot. So she had his contact info. She sent him uh, an email, and he was like, absolutely, come by whenever. Oh, I usually stay up late. Yeah, and it's like yeah. we got to his place. He made us dinner, and then. While we were just hanging out, I learned that his hobby is um, uh, vintage cars. And oh, so cool. he showed me a 1927 Ford Model T that he had rebuilt from scratch, like part by part. And all of the parts on the car were Canadian made because there's Canadian and American made parts for it. Yeah. Every single thing on it were Canadian made. And it was like authentic parts. Authentic parts and wow. like fully functioning car. I was like, this is surreal That's so to me. so cool. Yeah. So it's like. That's stuff, so cool. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm not a cars yeah, person, but yeah. that blew me away. I was like, this is fantastic. Yeah. It's like, stuff like that. Like where else would you get that yeah. sort of experience? Just being able to say that you got to stay in the Dean of Engineering's house at Lakehead. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's, it's insane. That's and then, really cool. Yeah, and just like a lot of different things. Like everybody was just so friendly throughout my trip. Yeah. Everyone was so supportive. Gas was expensive, but that was really my only expense. Like yeah, I ate. Like sometimes I paid for food. Sometimes people bought me food. Like yeah, it, and you stayed for for free. For free. So well. yeah, and it was like I was I tired. You're like yeah, by the end of it, I was like yeah, I, I'm homesick. I kind of want to go home. I'm kind of yeah. tired. But the fact Don't that I need to go for a full second circle. <laughs> no, <laughs> but the fact that I can say I've been coast to coast. I've driven from St. John's, Newfoundland to Victoria, yeah. BC. 
um, was I, yeah. insane. I, I'm, I've, I've traveled a decent amount outside Canada, but I've always, I'm jealous because I've always wanted to tour Canada and like, it's, it's beautiful as well. And to see all of the different cities and, mm -hmm. and that's, that's really cool. Uh, definitely. If you had to pick like, I, I mean, a couple of highlights, what are, what are some of the highlights other than the Model T, I guess? Yeah. So a couple of highlights. Um, so in, uh, St. John's, Newfoundland. There was the uh, there was a statue uh, of uh, Terry Fox for where he dipped yeah. his foot in the Atlantic before he went out, before run, he started yeah. run, his run exactly, and then so there was a statue there, and then there was a statue in Thunder Bay where he ended his run. Yeah. There was a statue at Simon Fraser University where he went to school, and there was a statue in Victoria, B.C. in a monument called Mile Zero of the Trans Canada Highway, which was his end goal. Mm. So it's it was just it was very mind blowing to me to have been able to like I drove the entire distance that Terry Fox ran or he walked and so with that it was it was insane to me it's like wow just just to put it into perspective I it took me about seven or roughly like like four days of driving like thousands and thousands of kilometers to get from St. John's to get to uh, Thunder Bay and just to think about the fact that he ran all of that that was just like yeah. surreal to me and the fact that I was able to see all those monuments it just yeah it, it, it was very impactful that's a very Canadian like Terry Fox's mm -hmm. if there's ever a, a the personification of Canadian spirit that's he's exactly. seen as that so that's really powerful to be able to experience that that's absolutely really cool. it was it just yeah definitely very very powerful and very it's an amazing thing to reflect on so, yeah yeah uh, you know the strength of the human body and the human mind you know mind yeah. over matter so that was cool That's um cool. another thing uh i loved banff banff yeah. was just fantastic it was like it was a pretty like crappy day like weather wise it was it was cold it was raining and yet it was still probably the most beautiful scenery i've ever seen even oh, with wow. the gloomy weather so yeah, it's like yeah. between like that and lake louise and just like that overall part of the canadian rockies it was just absolutely stunning yeah um I got, quote unquote, the full Saskatchewan experience while I was there, yeah. uh, aside from the drinking, and that uh, I, we, uh, like, it was, like, I met up with a friend at her cottage, and in that, like, we uh, went swimming, we had, uh, she had, like, paddle boats and canoes, we had, we played a lot of different games, we barbecued, we got to see the stars we got to have a bot like a campfire with marshmallows yeah, and all that yeah. so it was like the full sort of saskatchewan yeah. summer experience and that was just like on a day where i had the past couple days minimum driving was like 10 hours 10 hours a piece yeah. so just having a day just to sit back it was beautiful weather yeah. water was beautiful and all that that was just yeah. like it sounds like chill nothing special but it just it meant a lot having seen everything up at that point and more yeah, than anything yeah. like sure let's say the prairies it wasn't too too much to do but the people there were quality like that's yeah. what made like that part of the trip so much like more enjoyable than a lot of other parts like i can say it's like oh i saw lots of wilderness i saw lots of trees lots of mountains those were beautiful but it's like the quality of the relations that i had there kind of like were so much more than that because by yeah. halfway through my trip i'm like okay i saw lots of mountains i saw lots of trees yeah, yeah. i got a little desensitized to that yeah yeah that was good. Another, cool. and this one's a bit of a funny one. Yeah. Uh, in Newfoundland, a couple hours away from uh, St. John's, there's a place called Dildo. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there are two big highlights. There was a big boat on a guy's lawn, and it was called Dildo Pleasure 2. Yeah. And the only thing that went through my mind is what happened to Dildo Pleasure 1. <laughs> yeah. And so that was fun. And yeah. then there was the uh, All Saints Anglican Church of Dildo. <laughs> okay. And it's like, yeah. it's just like, it was so funny. And they, in fact, I can say, like, I've been to Dildo. It's, yeah. It's, they were having problems with their sign, get their, like, city sign getting stolen a bunch or something. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Which is funny. Um, oh, and another very interesting highlight is yeah. when I was uh, in at Dalhousie in Halifax, we were, the, so in, so Dalhousie started in 1818, so 2018 was its 200th year. So yeah. they had this sign where it was like 1818, but the 18's being pushed out by a 20, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, and so I was taking a picture next to it, and all of a sudden we see this large group of guys, um, lots of people in suits, lots of really big guys, lots of photographers, and they're like, interesting. And so one guy comes up to me, and I was in my coveralls, so he compliments my cubbies, because that's not really, you know, uh, an, an East thing. It's not a Halifax yeah. thing. It's not like a... East Coast thing, and so he was. I uh, was like, "Yeah, thanks. It's an Ontario thing." And I explained it to him. He was like, "Oh, very cool. Do you mind if we take a picture with the statue?" I'm like, "Sure." So I just moved out of the way, and the two guys in suits took pictures, and they went on their way. And then uh, I, the I was with the, the people I was with. I was like, "Do you know who that was?" They was like, "Oh, that's the president of Dalhousie." I was like, "Oh, super cool." And I, <laughs> like, I wonder who he was with. And then one of the, one of the 
like press guys here. I was just like, oh, that's the Prince of Monaco. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I had to what? have been there on yeah. that exact day to meet the Prince of Monaco. It was just, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was surreal. I was like, yeah. interesting. Very cool. Well, I appreciate, yeah, that's very cool. I appreciate <laughs> you sharing some of the highlights. Yeah, there was so much else that happened. It was like, yeah, I could go yeah. on for hours. Oh, so. yeah, sure. <laughs> that, that's, that's incredible. Um, so what's next? What's, you know, what, what, what are you up to now? What do you, what do you hope to be up to now? Obviously, you know, it, it is difficult, like, you know, you had a great trip. It was good to kind of bookend your mm-hmm. involvement. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm working through my, my stuff to see like what's next after, after Enshock and, and all that stuff. Cause it, for me, it was like, I, I did that stuff cause I wanted to make things better for people. Right. And, mm-hmm. and that's how I, I viewed I could. And so I'm, I'm interested kind of, yeah, now that you're settling into a job and the real world, let's call it. <laughs> uh, yeah. What are you thinking? So I guess a couple of things. Um, so as I'm sure every student can relate to eating habits and all during university are garbage for every, <laughs> for everybody. And me, especially like I put on easily like 15, 20 pounds in my fourth year, just because yeah. I did not care. Yeah. But um, so now it's just a lot of focusing on myself and focusing yeah. on um, better eating habits. I recently joined a gym and I've been pretty dedicated to that so far. Nice. And I felt like a lot of my undergrad was spent doing so much for others while not necessarily doing anything for myself. It's like, oh, the thing I'm doing for myself is getting this degree. Let me focus all my the rest of my time on okay. everybody else. But now that I have a lot more time for myself and I don't have that sort of community quite yet, I'm focusing more on myself and kind mm. of getting myself to where I want to be, being okay. the best version of myself for the yeah. lack of a better word. And then once I get to that point, I'm hoping to just rebuild my community. Since I know where I'm going to be for the foreseeable future, I'm likely going to be in Kitchener-Waterloo. So I'm yeah. trying to see what exists out there, trying to rebuild my community, volunteering and all of that. Yeah. I still haven't really figured that out yet, but I'm thankful that I still have my close friend group that are still in university. So yeah. they're still in the area with me you know, while it lasts. Who knows mm. where they'll end up after they graduate. Yeah, but yeah. at least like I'm hoping to like have a bit of... I have my close friend group that were there for me at you know like the worst and best five years of my life but i also want people that are in a similar age range people that are also young professionals people that i can have intellectual and like intelligent conversations with and all then again that's just like what i'm hoping for don't know how that'll happen but you know the best things happen when you're not expecting them so yeah yeah that's cool so we'll see yeah well that's good to hear one thing that i i'm wondering um, when you talk to like people who are undergrads now and are still like, if there's any that are like still really excited about things that you were excited, you remember, <laughs> what's that like for you? If you like remember being really excited about it and they still are. Yeah. It's like, for me, it's like when talking to them, it's like, I, uh, my immediate thing is I know exactly how that feels. I just don't feel that right now. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I know how that feels and it's just like, it's a great feeling. There's a lot of merit to what you're doing. Keep doing it. It's fantastic. Be enthusiastic about it. Yeah. But also now I'm, tr- I'm a bit more realistic about it. I'm like, yeah, but don't lose sight. Like focus on yourself. It's like, yeah. do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like a lot of people will tell me how they, it's like, oh, I was in the end stock office until like 3 a.m. I'm like, I know exactly how that feels. I did that a lot. But you need to sleep more. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like kind of being the voice of reason that I've never had for myself. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Cool. But definitely like telling them to enjoy it while it lasts because like I, ups and downs with everything but I, I loved my university experience overall yeah. and I wish I could be in a state of mind where I could do that same thing or like I wish I could be back in at, at a time where like I was in second year and I just loved all of it and I could do it all over again yeah but obviously now knowing what I know and yeah what I've been through in life I it's not the same like sure yeah. I can start another undergrad tomorrow it's but I, I I won't be as excited or enthusiastic yeah. anymore so it's yeah. like enjoy it while you can and make the most of it because after you leave it's not it's never the same yeah yeah definitely and and for me it's like i've gotten to a point now where i can reflect and and see that i did enjoy it but like there was a time post-graduation where i i had nothing but negative memories because i felt like at the time i didn't allow myself to see what was going wrong Mm -hmm. so i like i had to kind of like that kind of all had to filter through my system post uh which was which was interesting but definitely like I mean, I, I'm very, I, I'm, I feel just so grateful for the university experience I had and, and, and the involvement and stuff, the amount of value I got from student involvement, like student involvement, it, it's, it's unparalleled really. Like it really added so much to myself as a person and, and my, 
what I will accomplish in the future is largely owed mm -hmm. to the, the ways I had to navigate. And even like, you know, there's a lot of people who are kind of dismissive of student politics, whether they're students or, or after the fact. But like, you know, I was a, I was a 21 year old going face to face with the Dean of Engineering and trying to hold my hold my own right like there's something to be said to try and rep to actually try and do that um and to try and represent people and, and have and to also just put other people's interests with your own right Absolutely. And, and you know some people are skeptics but like you know you're trying to represent six thousand people or whatever and and i mean it's not an easy task if you're if you're actually trying to do it honestly absolutely and there's it's a very un, like just student leadership is very undervalued by students, but very, very appreciated by faculty who know what it's like. They deal with yeah. that sort of stuff a lot. And so like as student leaders, like I'd like to think we both had significant impacts on the university as a whole that's still being felt today, which mm. again, I feel like that's legacy and all aside, despite what some people might think here or there, it's like we can at least be proud of the work that we put into it and yeah. again it helped mold us to who we are and we helped mold the university to what it is so it's yeah. very mutually beneficial to to both of us i can definitely yeah. agree with that yeah and and the one thing i'll say is having i'm not in involved in real politics right now but i was volunteering and getting the the lay of the land a bit when i first graduated and it's the exact same like anyone <laughs> who claims student politics doesn't prepare you for real politics that's a lie like it's 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 the same, which is also kind of just terrifying for real politics. <laughs> like, yes, um, it's like you guys need to get your shit together. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's like very directly applicable, or or at least in my experience, it was, um, which which is a whole other thing. Amazing. But um, but it was definitely definitely good, and I mean, any I, I'd recommend involvement to anyone, right? Like it just adds such more such a layer of depth to experience I feel absolutely and for me it's like I don't think I would have actually been able to survive university had I not found my community and my sense yeah. of belonging so being involved in whatever you enjoy just do it and yeah. find your community and that makes everything so much better you can graduate university and let selective memory be a beautiful thing and look back with the rose-tinted glasses on oh university was fantastic as yeah. opposed to those that just get get in get out with a degree and just don't care and have bitter feelings towards it but yeah. it's thorough at the end yeah. of the day so yeah well i appreciate you coming on and chatting with yeah, me and, and definitely i hope you come back uh some other time soon yeah thanks for having me this has been yeah. great yeah and thanks to all of you for for watching um i hope you enjoyed uh, support us on patreon subscribe on youtube and tune in next time